Good morning. Great to be here with you this morning. My name is Des. I'm just one of the 8.45 attendees. Just one of them. You know, they're you know, a really average bunch of people. You 10 fires really rock. So it's great to be a part of you this morning and to share with you God's Word. We're in the middle of a mini-series at the moment called The Magnetic Life and talking about what it means to be attractional, that we would draw people to ourselves for Jesus. You know, I thought about this just before, that if you're an introvert, you must be absolutely hating this series because, you know... <laughs> But hang in with us because extroverts love it and they'd be like, yeah, draw more people to myself and all that kind of stuff. But we are in this series where what does it mean for God's people to be an attractive people? And in a world today where religious freedoms are being debated, where you hear things about Israel Folau and just the press about that kind of thing, and just the kind of some of these associations that's related back to Christians and the church, there's some parts of society that say it's very unattractive to be a Christian. And what this series hopes to do is to go, well, what are some of those key elements that actually draw people to Jesus? What are some of the attractive things that, that as we be salt and light in this world, that kind of attracts people to the kingdom of God? And that's what this year and this theme has been about for PBC this year, is As we think of salt as the very flavour that it brings to food, how do we actually become colour and taste and life into a world that so desperately needs to know the hope of Jesus in a time such as this? And today we get to talk about one aspect of that, and that is about compassion and empathy. And as we see what Jesus did through the Gospels, And how he calls us to imitate and follow him in that. So will you join me in prayer? And then uh, we'll have a look at our passage today. Lord, we just want to pause right now in this moment and acknowledge again afresh your lordship as the creator of the universe. And at the same time, we also want to acknowledge you as our personal, one, true, living God who walks with us. The omnipotent God and the personal God. Omnipresent, but with us. And Lord, as we delve deeply today and look at this area of compassion and empathy, I pray that it would be a moment in time where you would maybe humble us in a way that would help us to hear, listen to what it means for us to be a people of compassion, a people of empathy that draws people more into your kingdom. And so, Lord, would you, through your spirit, kindly and gently nudge us and prompt us. May we open our door into our hearts to be able to hear and listen and respond. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've all been to hairdressers, right? You've all, everyone been to one? Anyone not? No, I didn't think so. Uh, well, I, I reckon uh, going to a hairdresser is a um, pretty standard thing that we all do, but when I go to a hairdresser, I just 
want to go in there, get my hair cut and leave. But for others, I like to talk and there's a lot of banter going on in there. And I remember this one particular instance where I was at the hairdressers and it was pretty full on going, lots of chatter going on. And I really feel like hairdressers don't just cut your hair. They're your modern day therapist, counsellor, life coach, you know. They're listening to all these things. People are talking about crazy things in there. And you're listening to, you know, I'm listening to this group of people talk about family, life, what's going on with the kids, a whole bunch of things. And this this lady next to me starts talking about all the kind of cosmetic surgery that she's gotten into. She goes, oh, I've got Botox here in my eyes and done, done filler in my lips. And then um, she, she says to me, I've also got my, you know, breast done as well, Des. Um, so w- what do you think about that? And I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't speak English. No. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know really where to look. So anyway, I just kind of let that conversation go. And then she changes the conversation to something quite deep and personal. And she talks about the kind of emotional abuse that she's experiencing at home and how much her partner says that she doesn't look good and she needs to look better. And that's why she gets all these treatments and, and stuff done to kind of make her feel better about herself. And it got me thinking about the kind of responses that were happening around this kind of hairdressing moment from different people. Some people were saying you should go and try this and other people were saying do this. Other people were just going, oh yeah, that's tough, isn't it? But I was sitting thinking there, trying to listen to the cry of what this person was actually trying to say. And I guess when it comes to what we're looking at today, what we're looking at is this whole notion about empathy and what that really means and what would be an empathy response to this person in this moment? What would be the response that you'd give to someone who was pouring out something quite meaningful and not being tossed away like it was some fix-it thing to do? Have you ever shared someone's really openly and really vulnerably about what's going on for you only to have them have their own agenda or try to fix it or try to solve it for you or dismiss you or, or the like? You've been there, haven't you? You painfully shared that moment that's going on for you and you dared to step out and vulnerably share what was going on for you only to have it almost pushed back into your face. There's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy would probably say that I acknowledge what's happening for you and it's well and good for you. That's basically what sympathy says. But empathy says that I actually step into the other's experience I step into their world and I actually listen to what's going on in their world. And this is not some kind of a weird, fluffy, emotional piece. This is actually about human connection. This is about what mateship is about. This is about what real community and openness is about, is that when we truly step into the shoes of another and begin to relate and understand where they're coming from, we then send them that powerful healing message that you are not alone through your brokenness, through the tough time that you're going through, through that issue that you're wrestling with. You are not alone. And fundamentally, when we say that to each other, it's like this bond is infused as we journey with that person. 
That's what I like. You've all done it, haven't you? You've all journeyed with a mate. You've all sat there and you've cried and on someone's shoulder or, the, or they've cried on your shoulder. How have you responded in that moment? Well, this is where compassion and empathy come to life. Compassion, that moment where you feel for the other and it drives you to then want to almost do that missional step into the world of the other and hear and allow them to be heard and known. Where there's no agenda on your part, you're simply there with them. Well, as we come to our passage today, this is the experience that Jesus models for us. This is the example that Jesus is showing us what true empathy and compassion can look like. And you're going to hear that now as Carol comes up and reads to us. But as she's doing that, I'd love... Oh, sorry, not Carol, Grace. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Carol. (laughs) I want to ask you this question. As you're hearing this, as the passage is read, which character in the story do you identify with most? So I want you to think as she's reading this, what character in the story do you identify with most? Okay, so the reading is from Luke chapter 8, verse 40 onwards. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her up by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. So, as you listen to that passage, which character and story did you most identify with? And we're going to do a quick poll. How many of you identified with the bleeding woman? A few of you across the room, yep. How many of you identified with the disciples? Anyone? Yep, a couple of people. 
Jairus, the synagogue leader. Yep. Group of people around there. The crowd. Anyone identified with the crowd? Yep. A couple of people. And other. Is there any other group that people identified with? No. How many of you identified with the story of uh, the character in the story with Jesus? Anyone? Isn't that interesting? Harvey Cox, an uh, uh, American theologian, once did this same exercise with a, with a group of Christian therapists and counsellors and the like, people who were committed to the profession of healing people. And he asked them, which character in this story do you most predominantly identify with? And they identified with the bleeding woman or Jairus or, or the crowd or the disciples. Then he asked them, how many of you identified with Jesus? And six out of 6,000 people put their hands up. And he said, why is it that people that are committed from a Christian perspective, Christian worldview to healing, didn't identify with the person of Jesus as a predominant? Someone who's committed to Jesus the healer and and we're called to emulate him, called to copy him, called to be like him, called to model like him. And yet he was someone that was so foreign in the way that they identified with. Why is it so hard to identify with the person of Jesus when we're being called as God's people to be compassionate, be empathetic? You see, what Jesus is doing for us in this passage is that he's modeling for each and every one of us what true empathy and compassion looks like in very practical and real ways that transforms lives. And we as God's people are his conduits now, his hands and feet, as we do that in this world. And as we look at this passage, I want you to breathe and feel this compassion and empathy and start identifying with Jesus. You see, it starts off here. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. So there's this crowd. So clearly Jesus has been attracting people to him. He's been like a magnet. People are just surrounding him and being drawn to him. And then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his one and only daughter was dying. Can you imagine this guy, synagogue leader, considered the, uh, one of the high in society, proud man, honourable and the like, on his knees pleading for the life of his daughter. You don't see that every day, do you? You don't see people just falling on people's knees, pleading and begging and, and the like for help. And in this moment, Jesus sees... Not this synagogue leader, this ruler, so to speak, this teacher. What he sees is a grief-stricken man who loves his daughter, who's anxious, where anxiety is dripping from him, who's completely helpless in this moment. And he sees that. And the only way he responds is he just goes with him he listens and he goes and if you think about that for us as we begin to think about how do we show compassion and empathy 
One of the key ways is how Jesus has just done that. Through this ministry of presence. Jesus just sits and listens in this guy's grief, in this guy's anxiousness, in this guy's helplessness and hopelessness, so to speak. He sits and is just present with this person and just goes. You notice Jesus doesn't fix anything in that moment. He doesn't have his own personal agenda in that moment. He's completely listening, hearing, standing with, side by side with this person in presence with them. You know, the first step for us is this notion of just being present for the other, warts and all, simply just because of who they are. Not for our own personal agenda, not because we've got other things playing around in our head, but we are truly there to step into the shoes of another and show compassion in that moment. So Jesus just goes doesn't say anything, he just goes. And then the crowds almost crushed him. And then a woman was there who has been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately she was healed. Here's this woman, 12 years of bleeding. I can't imagine what that physical toll has taken on her life. But then the societal costs as well of being isolated, but would have been marginalised in those times to the side, completely isolated and removed from the normal day-to-day living of an average person in that time. Her sense of deep shame because of what she's gone through. The pain of feeling like I'm unworthy. I no longer belong. And she's borne that all on herself. And she takes the courage to step out, reach past her shame and grab Jesus' cloak. And then Jesus does something quite comical here. He goes, well, who touched me? Like, what was that? And it's like, I mean, have you ever been to like the Easter show or a, a footy match or some crowded area where you're rubbing shoulders with people all the time and Jesus is going like, who touched me? And then, you know, the disciples have this moment where they go, well, did you touch him? No, I didn't touch him. Did you touch him? No, I didn't touch him. Well, Jesus, come on, seriously, there's a crowd. You know, everyone's touching you at the moment. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I felt a little bit of power. Who touched me? And in the moment there, it was almost like Jesus was giving invitation to this woman to say, you know what? I recognize you. I recognize you touch me. When for so many years you've been abandoned and cast out, for so many years you've been pushed to the side, for so many years you've been marginalized, think, you know what? I recognize you. And now, Compassion and empathy becomes your antidote to the shame you've experienced for so many years. You see, shame can no longer survive when compassion and empathy is given. And Jesus reaches down and acknowledges back to this woman. And she dared to have the courage to step out and to reach out and grab his clothes. 
And then Jesus says these profound things to her, to, to her in this moment. It says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now go in peace. You see, this woman had the courage to leap out from her hiding. This, this woman had the courage that in the face of what society was saying, she would step out. She had the courage after 12 years of isolation and the like, she would reach out and Jesus would reach back and say to her, you are no longer alone, now go in peace, healed and restored and given back your dignity. And you see, this is what we do when we are compassionate and empathetic to others. What we do is that we give them, those who are feeling broken in that moment, a sense of their own dignity to be able to step out of the shadows of shame and guilt and the like and recognize that they too are a son and daughter of the Most High God. That's why Jesus says, daughter. He claims it. He names it over her. That she now has her identity back. She now has her place back in society. She can now relate again in the everyday things that she has not been accustomed to over the last 12 years. She now is recognized and touched. And in the same way, when you're compassionate and you give and you step out, this is not some emotional weird thing. This is a moment in time where you give that person a sense of dignity and respect for just who they are with no judgment, with no agenda, with no assumptions made of the other. Completely and utterly restored and dignified because of who they are. That's why I love how Brené Brown writes this. She says, empathy has no script. There is no right or wrong way to do it. It's simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment emotionally connecting and communicating the incredibly healing message of you're not alone. And fundamentally, that's all what we want. We want to know that we are not alone, that someone understands us, someone hears us, someone correctly assumes what we are assuming, that we are actually heard truly for the intent to which we're communicating our deepest and darkest grief, pain and suffering that we might go through we are heard in its truest way. That's how we know we are not alone. And Jesus is saying to us, hey, imagine God's people communicating that to others, that you're not alone through this, that in the negativity of what the world presents us at the moment, you are not alone. With a virus spreading this world, you are not alone. That when You've been labelled and, and, and banished for your diversity and who you are. You are not alone. In fact, you are included. And you can be included into this family called the people of God. Why? Because compassion becomes the order of day for each and every one of us. Well, after this little exchange, Jesus goes on and someone comes and says to Jairus, don't bother the teacher anymore, you know, your daughter's already dead. And then Jesus, hearing the voices out there, he actually says something to Jairus. He says, 
Don't be afraid. Just believe she will be healed. You know, this is what happens all the time, is that there are so many competing voices, whether it's the media, whether it's friends, whether it's our parents, whether it's family, whether it's the light, constant, constant noise and voices competing for that that can totally get us in our most grief-stricken places. It could take us down a really dark path. But what compassion and empathy does is... It gives, in amongst those voices, a small window, a small pathway to hope. That's what Jesus does for Jairus in this moment. When all the voices are saying, your daughter is dead, Jesus says, don't worry. Just believe. Your daughter will be healed. You see, these three things... This ministry of presence that is to listen with no agenda, with no fix-it solutions, to just be present, to stand shoulder to shoulder with someone is the most fundamental transforming experience that you can have. To then give someone their dignity, the respect and the honour to that person to say, you know what, you are a human being just like me, we are equals. And I want to give you your dignity now as a son and daughter. And then when you sit in compassion and empathy, it provides this small window that there is a pathway to hope. Is that not attractive? Is that not something that draws people to God? Is that not a message that's different to how the Christian message is perceived in the outside world, that we're this judgy, critical bunch of Christians. If compassion was in the public landscape, if empathy was the order of the day, don't you think people would view us a lot differently? You see, what happens here is that Jairus, in his high status, in his supremeness in his teaching, in his, in his how he's viewed in society, he has to humble himself to plea for Jesus' compassion and empathy. And this woman, this bleeding woman, in her brokenness, in the bottom of society, in her courage, she dares to step up and meet Jesus. And in that moment, as someone comes down in humility and one arises in courage, they meet Jesus at this very point, in his compassion and empathy, and Jesus treats them both the same. And he says, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. I will not judge you whether you're here or whether you're up here. It equals you out. And then makes us the kind of people then that can say, which character in the story do you really identify with? Is it one of these people? Or wouldn't it be great if the people at PBC were able to say, this is the person I identify with most. Because we are a people of compassion, love, and deep, deep empathy that drives connection and makes us the type of people that society wants to hang around with, wants to be with, wants to know about, 
He's curious about why do you do what you do? Do you follow? I want to actually give everyone an opportunity to, to respond in your, own, in your own way. And I want to give you a chance now to sit during this next song. And I just want to invite you to stand. It doesn't matter if you're a person who doesn't know Jesus and you might want to say, you know what, this guy sounds really intriguing. I want to give my life to him today. To someone who's maybe recently given their life to Jesus or even if you've travelled decades with him. If that you want to be a type of person that's his ambassador of compassion and empathy, I want to invite you during this next song to stand as a kind of a way of acknowledging that you may not be all there right at this point of time. But through your spirit, Lord, give me strength that I may become and be more and more like the image of Jesus in compassion and empathy. If that's you, I want to invite you to stand during this next song.